did ask Josh right before the show what his comfort level was with acts of vandalism for promotion. So we might get a live reaction. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Well, okay, so here's where I'm thinking. I live in a town that has hundreds of trains that pass through it every day. Okay, and my boy Huggy Bear, he likes to tag. So I'm going to be like, hey, Huggy, tag me a link to our Spotify page. On the side of a train. That's nationwide advertisement for free. As long as you put in... As long as it goes to the culture bot page and not our page where I'm liable, that's perfectly fine if Josh takes the fall. All right, I'll make it go there. Okay. Yeah, because if it goes there, then they discover everything. Right, and it's, that, that it's makes we're sense. a conglomerate, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, well, I saw oh. this as like a heavy industries corporation. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm not even going to clap. This is just the intro now. <laughs> this is the intro that we're just talking about acts of vandalism? Yeah, I'm going to have to really figure out how to edit, I guess, this time oh. around. No, just uh, leave it in. Just leave it in. Oh, that. it's definitely just... staying in, but now I have like an intro song to work around because Josh made us an intro song. Yeah, uh, well, you know, welcome to the vandalism cast. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. No, we're not Waver. going there. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do not condone vandalism. Um, I don't know. Speak for yourself. Oh, no. God. <sighs> Fine, we don't condone acts of vandalism. This is the culture. I know how Josh feels now. It's like when I just start to go off on one of my things that I probably shouldn't be going off on, this is it. This is, I get it. Um, Yeah? Yeah. That'll happen. Happens to the best of us. Are you ready? Could be worse. No. Am I ready? I was (laughs) born ready. (laughs) Okay. I've been ready since like 5 o'clock this morning. Let's go. Oh, my God. Yeah, you were were sending me some... uh, Sultry uh, gifts last night. That's right. I was ready. Rest in peace, Chris Farley. That's right. <sighs> this is about the time where Josh would get really quiet, and then he would yell and scare the shit out of both Stevens and I. So I'm not going to do that. Mostly yeah, that's because he does I... that awkward like vaudevillian. Hello. Right. So yeah. eventually, when we do the crossover episode, I'll let him do that. Okay. Yeah. But, but for now, I should do it at him when he does it. Oh my that god! Now you get it in stereo. We're just gonna scream at one another. Yeah, I can't just everybody do it yell hello at once and don't tell, don't tell that, Stephen. I live. <laughs> 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 That's true. Austin would not know what the fuck was happening, dude. We'll plan it. Well, he's not gonna listen to this anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be better that way. More of a right. surprise. He said, "Like, I'm listening to the new podcast." Intro song's great, and that's the only thing I ever got out of it. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take so that. That's small win right there. That's more than he listens to the main show. That's true. This is the main show. Yeah. This is this is, this is better. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, okay, awkward silence. You ready? Always. Actually, I was just going to see how long we could sit there, but I made myself oh, okay. uncomfortable. I mean, I can make it awkward. Silence. Nope, I already did. Okay. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. (laughs) You got this. All right. Welcome back to returning listeners and hello to all newcomers. This is your bi-weekly rendition of The Bop, a music podcast. Shit. I didn't do the thing. Hold on. Bi-weekly rendition of... Let me wet my lips. Mm. Bi-weekly rendition of The Bop 
Oh, shit, I nailed that one. That was nice. I was proud of that. Okay, a music podcast. So, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who tuned into our first episode of The Bop, and an even bigger thank you to those that came into the Culture Bop Discord to not only talk about the show, but give us your feedback on it. Episode one was a lot of fun, and we plan on keeping that train rolling today. And joining me once again is Mr. Jeffrey Ciarto. Got that shit. Nailed it. Nice. Practiced it seven times in the mirror before we started today. Yeah, just yep. like full-length mirrors, completely yep. nude. I was about Ciarto. to say, there were no clothes. Right. Yep. All right. <sighs> and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm your queen bee of the Hunting Pixels podcast, Dylan Martin. So that's fantastic. Jeff, how you doing? I'm, you know, it's been a weird day, but uh, I, I am here. So I don't know if you saw anything in Discord from today. I, I have had a hell of a day. So I'm just glad to be here today. Um, did he die? No, no. Okay. No. And it was funny because like that dude was just sitting there and I was like, yo, man, can I, cool, gar- or, cool Lambo, can I take some video? And he's like, absolutely. And then just shit just popped off. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Jeff almost died. Um, that's it. I kept it hood. <laughs> you get, you kind of did, except for there was a Lambo in the picture. So exactly how hood were we? Okay, like you so were in like Los Santos. The best, the best part was was the officer that came up to my car. I left that video out because he and I used to work together at T-Mobile like forever ago. How do you and, just uh, know everyone? I live in a very small town. So I told Dustin, Dustin's like, yo, why are you videoing this? And I'm like, oh, because of the cool Lambo next to me. So shout outs to Dustin. Keep it, keep it 100. I won't give his name. Yeah, no doxing. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, you're alive. Yeah, I'm alive. I'm here. I am ready to talk about collaborations. I didn't understand the assignment, but I came with some hot bangers. Uh... I th- I don't know who didn't understand the assignment. Well, I don't okay. Know. Yeah, we'll get topic? into it. I'll, I'll, yeah, this is your topic. Okay, then you didn't understand. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, well, let's break down what we're doing. So we're just getting right into it. Six minutes in, we're yeah. barely, probably, kind of not off topic. Yeah, we're uh, barreling in. We got we're cops, shootouts, collaborations, Lambos, rat beef. Fucking yeah. insults to my other podcast hosts on the other channel. Vandalism. Prime. Minor crimes, you know, mm. we're everywhere. Yep, not the most dangerous podcast on the internet. Oh God! On our last episode, we dived into <laughs> some of our favorite albums from a wide array of genres. This time, we wanted to switch gears a bit and focus on some collaborations that we feel you just cannot miss if you enjoy delving into music from the days of yore, back when Jeffrey Ciarto was three years old. When Bowie and Freddie Mercury gave us Under Pressure, to today, with the likes of Imagine Dragons working with J.I.D. to deliver Enemy, the Billboard Top 100 song from Arcane, collaborations have been prevalent in music. So, with that said, let's take you on a trip through some of our favorite picks and hopefully turn you on to something new. Tell me how you misunderstood this assignment. (laughs) Okay, so I understood it as collaborative albums right? You get the peanut butter, you get the jelly, and you make an album. Well, see, this is actually good, because I chose three songs, you chose three albums. Yeah, but little did you know, you picked an album that is so in my wheelhouse, 
Oh, I cannot wait. What? Yeah. I picked an album. You you picked a song that is straight up. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit it right now. I downloaded it illegally off of LimeWire. Nope. He did not. Keep him with the crime. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool because I'm glad you. I was actually torn on whether or not to do albums. I just went with songs. So this is going to be fine because I like the spectrum shift here. I'll do a song. You'll do an album. We'll give, well, the weekly fucking playlist is going to be a little awkward, but that's fine. I got three songs as opposed to your 27 probably. Well, I got six, I think. No, okay. five. Five. Yeah. Okay. I was close. It's a little shorter playlist, but I think it's, I think it works well together. That's fine. Um, just throwing that out there. If you, if you are listening um, and you are in the Discord, we do post in the bop channel um uh our weekly playlist that coincides with the with the podcast every (laughs) bi-week so check that out it has a lot of the songs that we're going to be talking about um but let's jump into it you i went first last time you want to go first this time absolutely you know what i i'd be honored to um legally legally um i'm going to start with an artist how do i put it two artists that both really mean a lot to me and mean a lot to me in very, very different ways. Um, and that is, and I realize they're number three on my list, but that's okay. I'm going to start with Little White and Jelly Roll. Are oh, you yeah, familiar with is... either of these two gentlemen? So uh, Jelly Roll, yes. And don't feel bad about going out of order because I'm going to be way out of whack too. So okay. for, for well, those of you listening, listening we, some... we have a Google Doc that we read off of. So it, you know, yeah. that's what we're talking about. But yes, I know Jelly Roll. So I was just bumping some Lil White before this, okay? So Lil White is one of my favorite rappers ever, right? Hypnotized Minds, 2002, signed a white guy from Frasier. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the Memphis area, Frasier's kind of, it's not the nicest in neighborhoods. And this guy spits with a fire like you could not imagine, right? And uh, so I want to paint some ambiance here for why I love these two guys together. So Lil White comes to do a show in Fort Wayne, Indiana at a club called Mickey and Billy's, which was a uh, bit of a rowdy club. There was a gun check, right? Um, this was like early 2000s because they were so there were enough shootings that had happened there that they started checking for weapons. So me and all my juggalo homies yep, as hanging out in the <laughs> parking lot because, you know, ICP did a song with 3-6 Mafia. And uh, 3-6 Mafia comes, and they do their show, and uh, they happen to come by where the Juggalos were smoking. When I say the Juggalos, I mean, like, three and a half of us. Okay. Uh, I... Did the other one get, like, hatcheted No, no, the, the other one, she wasn't a real Juggalo. She was dating my friend Pick. They got married twice. What was your friend's whole name? Thing. One more time. Pick, uh, we call him Pick. Pick, like so... a guitar pick? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, more uh, like an ice pick, but, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so here comes 3-6 Mafia, right? Black Lincoln Navigators. And uh, they all come out, and we're recognizing everybody. Everybody's cool. Uh, we see one of the members, I won't name names, drop his gun, okay? To which my friend picks it up and hands it back to him. So now my fingerprint, my friend's fingerprints are on a member of 3-6 Mafia's gun, because uh, I'm sure it was all legal. And out comes this little tiny white guy, right, who looked to be about our age. And we're like, that's weird. Who is this guy? 
Little did we know that night I was going to see a rapper that would have a huge influence on the rest of my life in Lil White. Lil White is this just spitfire of energy, just rapid delivery rapper, right? And he is aggressive, and he is gritty, and he is grimy, and he is everything you want from Memphis rap. And, uh, yeah, and somewhere along the way, he started doing collaborations with another artist named Jelly Roll, who, if you're not familiar with Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll is a big guy. I mean, he's probably pushing 500 pounds. He's huge. Um, his first album, Weed, Whiskey, and Waffle House, one of my best favorite rap albums ever. And no, I won't censor it because of the Waffle House lawsuit. That was the name of the album. Um, so these two guys eventually decided we're going to make an album together. And it's called No Filter. And they went on to make a second called No Filter 2. So you'll find two songs, one from each of those two albums, on the playlist. Um, and it's an interesting album because it really is the sum of both parts. Right? So Little White, this super high-energy, fast-rapping gritty just aggressive rapper right and jelly roll over the last couple of years has really moved into like a kind of crooner kind of i don't want to say country kind of role but he really is kind of country is yeah, that the jelly roll you're familiar with yeah that is the jelly roll for me. Okay. yeah that's it it's it's hard to describe him to somebody that's not familiar right like because right. i could say it's country but it's not really and it's not really rap i i like the idea of calling him a crooner right like he yeah. he doesn't fit any molds and that's the best part of these two guys is you get that super high intensity and then jelly roll just breaks it down to like his speed right because he's never going to deliver as fast as Lil white and he's never going to be as super over the top aggressive as Lil white so it's really nice because you see these two sides and these two dudes love working together right and you kind of watch them grow artistically into these two complete beings by the end of No Filter 2. You know, Jelly Roll is firmly in the crooner camp. Lil White is still in, you know, Memphis rap, hypnotized minds. And it, it's beautiful to watch this album kind of come together. And, like, if you listen to the... There's a song on the playlist called Demons, and it's about their personal struggles with sobriety, with everything they've had to deal with, because both of them have had huge issues noted well and documented well with sobriety and issues with the law... Uh, Jelly Roll famously used to sell a shirt that said, tell my PO this is drywall dust. Uh, <laughs> the shirt was like covered in powder. So I like these two albums because it really is, in my eyes, a perfect collaboration because it's two very different musical styles and they work so well together. Um, and I love how at the end of that song, Demons, you have Lil White literally on the phone. It's a voicemail that he left with Jelly Roll saying, you don't have my permission to make this album. I'm fucking over it. I'm done. Here's my full legal name. You cannot produce this album. Right? It's a strange way to end a song. And given the backstory of what was going on at that time, you know, he was really struggling with sobriety and trying to get his mind right. And he knew that if he was going to go out on the road to promote this album, that it was going to derail all of that. And he's been in a spot over the last couple of years where he's really trying to get himself straightened out. You know, he's had some serious legal troubles and uh, it, it's good to see an album like that come out and him stay on this path because I think he's maybe one of the best undersung talents in rap over the last 20 years. So 
that that's my first pick. I know that I went in deep there. Well, no, it's I'm I'm glad you did because dude, when I first found out about Jelly Roll, it wasn't through his music. It was I think I was scrolling through. Man, I feel like it was probably TikTok. It wasn't even that long ago. I don't, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was. He's big on TikTok, and it's it. Well, I think that's what revitalized some of his career. And the video that I saw wasn't of him rapping. It wasn't of him performing any song. It was of him getting the news that he would be performing at the Grand Ole Opry, which yeah. is fucking weird to think about the Grand Ole Opry. And now we have rap going towards it. Yeah. Um, he and uh, there was a guy named Struggle Jennings that they both did it together. And they're both kind of in that realm of like country rap. Struggle Jennings is a little more country rap. Um Whereas Jelly Roll, like I said, he's kind of like a modern Elvis. I know that probably is sacrilegious to some people to say that, but it's really hard to classify what he's doing musically, I feel like, these days. I'm still trying to dive into some of the album. Like, I listened yeah. to some of the more played songs, like Band Plays On, which I fucking okay. loved. Um, and then I did listen to Demons. And then the one that you added to the playlist, uh, Break the Knob Off, I listened to that as well. Well, you added Demons too. But Break oh, yeah. the Knob Off was pretty fucking great as well. So Break the Knob Off comes from the first of those two no-filter albums. The first of the no two of the no-filter albums, I feel like, is a lot more leaning towards rap. And I feel like it's where these two guys kind of found how to work together. And Break the Knob Off is like, like you want to talk about a song that, like, just should get you pumped to listen to it you know and and it has one of my favorite homages to rap ever in it um and it's uh when jelly roll does his like little intro and he's like you know up in the club and he's like if you don't give a then we don't give a you know just pay an homage to that early 2000s club rap i didn't i didn't know if i could just go full bore there sorry so i censored I would, myself I would like you too uh, he says, basically, like, if you don't give a damn, then we don't give a fuck. And he's talking about throwing chairs up in the club, right? And so, like, that real early, like, hypnotized minds and, you know, that just real rowdy club music that these two guys kind of cut their teeth in. I mean, Mickey and Billy's, the spot where we saw Lil White, that was not a normal club. Like, like honestly, like, if I was dating my wife Mindy at the time, I would not take her there. I don't care who was playing there. I would not take her there because it was like the rowdiest club you could imagine. And like, it was just, I saw three, six there twice. Both times were some of the most amazing concerts I ever saw. And uh, both times there were shootings in the parking lot afterwards. So, yeah, I'm still caught up on the fact that you picked up a fucking alleged, allegedly picked up a firearm. Uh, Not me. Friend. Friend did. Friend. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, and you got to think about it, like three, six mafia in like the early two thousands, they were not the Justin Bieber pop guys. They are now, this is guys that, you know, they drove up oh, their Lincoln yeah. navigators from Memphis to Fort Wayne and they came strapped because, you know, they still were very much about that life. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of had to wonder what this little like when I say little, I mean this this white guy was doing with them, because that he stood out. But man, I tell you, he took the stage and he dropped three songs that night on the crowd, and like the whole crowd, you could just hear a pin drop because everybody felt it. 
like and they wanted more and more and then finally like dj paul had to come out and be like yo he's got an album dropping later this year everything will be good like just chill out because like he tore the place down as an unknown and that was not an easy room to walk into so yeah i i I cannot say enough good things about little white and jelly roll i think it's a perfect idea of a collaboration in my mind because it's the best of both their worlds brought together yeah, and again, I'm glad you chose the whole album because I don't think a few, just a few select songs could fully get their, uh, um, I guess, I guess, kind of the ambiance of what they do. I don't feel like a couple of songs could nail it down because the the more songs I listen to, they actually kind of heavily differed from one another. Yeah, yeah, and I think Lil White, you'll typically find that with his albums, they kind of have. Um, different paces throughout the album and, and i think jelly roll to some extent you used to have that um, yeah a lot of his newer stuff it all kind of sounds the same i don't mean that in a bad way um you know but i i definitely think like he has found his lane and he is sticking in it and i kind of hope that at some point we get a no filter three um you know I realize that's selfish, but I, I want that. I want more of these two guys doing what they do together because it is some of the best examples of what I like in rap. Well, fucking following that's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be hard. I didn't choose a lot to say for this song that I'm going to start out with. Again, the song. Didn't choose an album, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah, so... I'm going to dance around. I'm curious if this is the fucking song that you said came Is it from Purple Ribbon All-Stars? Yes, it is. What? I'm so excited. Okay, so if we talk early 2000s Jeffrey rap, you're talking Hypnotized Minds, you're talking the Dungeon Family, and you're talking uh, Shaolin. We'll say Wu-Tang, right? And and maybe Cash Money Millionaires, maybe at this point. But yeah, no, I, I love the Purple Ribbon All-Stars album is maybe one of my favorite favorite album so i was you go on i was so excited to see this yeah no and it's really it's not even like a long spiel because my other two choices kind of i'll pour a little more out into those but uh purple ribbon all stars and this song is featuring um killer mike black owned seabone rock d the legend and big boy and the song's called kryptonite and you already kind of said it this is the embodiment of great early 2000s rap this is the culmination of Atlanta's best, and it just hits differently. Um, mm-hmm. I remember first hearing this song, like I think it was around 05. Um, see, I was, okay, I was, in 05, I would have been 14. How old were you? Ooh, 20s. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy. So, see, there were, there were different uh, perspectives here, but... Um, yeah, I heard it around 05, and it just stuck with me, man. It stuck through my whole life. Like, I would be I would be doing anything. I could have been mowing the fucking lawn for my dad. I could have been shopping. I could have been working, fucking playing video games. And all of a sudden, I hear that hook in my head. And it's just, it's so intoxicating. Um, yeah. And it's it's just unreasonably catchy. And then the individual verses themselves everyone just completely delivers on it and gives us an incredibly fun time. Um, when I think of like an Atlanta anthem, this is it. Jermaine Dupri and Ludacris gave us welcome to Atlanta. Fuck that. That's great. 
but fuck that. Kryptonite is the one that flew under the radar for a lot of people, and I believe it's better in every way. Like, Killer Mike doesn't have a full-on verse in this, but he has a great bridge that kind of leads into Big Boy's um, hook, but then you have these other two with uh, Seabone and Rock D, and they give these great, just catchy and like when i say moving i don't mean like i was i was moved to tears but it's like you move you can't just listen to this and not bop your head you can't listen to this and not feel it in your body it's like this is just one of those songs that gets into you but i'm i'm i don't know why i'm as surprised that this is something that's on your radar i don't know like i i shouldn't be surprised but i am i that was pretty much it like i just wanted to throw out that little so, bit of information. So how did this album resonate so strongly with you? All right. So this album, the reason it resonates strong with me is this is 2005, right? So if you think about this in like the grand scheme of killer Mike, right? I, I'm, I'm taking him as a whole here, right? This is post monster, right? This is like two years removed from monster, which monster was maybe like, I'll put it up there. It's probably in top 10 of all time rap for me. That guy, I feel like his, his flow and his delivery are one of those things. Like I've, I've loved outcast since, uh, AT aliens. I don't know how everybody says it. That's how I say it. Yeah. Uh, as white as humanly possible. (laughs) Um, yeah. My hood card revoked here. Um, that's that's on five. So that's from a boy that's listening. Um, anyways so yeah uh, killer mike is one of those rap artists that like whatever he is doing i am on board for and this actually had three different artists that i was way into at the time and uh in big boy right yeah big boy uh what did he do he did like the intro and he did like the interlude and i think he did like two or three other songs as like features right and then you had um Sleepy Brown, sorry, totally lost his name there. And then you also had Janelle Monet, yep. Which she is one of those artists that I'm I'm still fascinated by. She's always on the periphery of what I am listening to or knowing of. But like Sleepy Brown was one of those that I feel like time just kind of forgot. And the other one that really surprised me when I heard this album for the first time, um, when I obtained it from internet services, we'll say. Um, because this this kind of album did not come out where I was. Um, this had to be obtained the way that I did because there was no chance of getting a physical copy of it. But I remember when I first listened to this album, everything was cool. I loved everything. And then it got to Claremont Lounge with Bubba Sparks, and I just, man... I couldn't hit skip fast enough. I, I have never been a huge fan of that guy. I think he was a yeah, joke. He's I think awful. he's a plant. Yeah. Um, but all the Killer Mike stuff, 100% on board with. Like, I, I Killer Mike is one of those guys, like, I think he is so lyrically talented that, you know, put him with anybody. Like, his all that Run the Jewels stuff, I mean, it's just fantastic. His solo work is just it only gets better with time. And yeah. I think this album got part volume two is kind of like this, like, Hey, here's killer Mike. You're going to hear more of him. It's going to be a while, but you know, don't worry. Things are going to be okay because 
this came out in 2005, and like, I feel like he had the killer that came out right before it. I can't remember which one came first. Um, but then it'd be like another three years before we heard from Killer Mike again. You know, he, he went quiet for a while. And even then, like, I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind is not maybe his best album. But then he came back with, like, Underground Atlanta and Bang 3 and rap music. And, like, it just built this momentum. And I feel like this was, like, the one where if you knew that you liked an artist like Killer Mike, you had to go back and look at this particular album to be like, there is a shred of hope that we're going to get to him being him. If that makes sense. Yeah, and dude, just to touch on it really quick, because he's great, and for Atlanta in general, he's really, um, he's into philanthropy, oh, philanthropy, yeah. Jesus Christ, I mean, he truly invests back into his community, and he yep. advocates for other artists within the Atlanta scene to do the same, like, he... He doesn't just say it, he fucking lives it. And he's truly investing in it. I, I love him. And this was my first introduction to him, like back in 05. I, I didn't know who Killer Mike was. Had no idea. Did um, you listen to Dungeon Family at all? or No. Um, okay. It was this song from Killer Mike, and then I went straight to Run the Jewels with him, like years later. Interesting. Uh, yep. It, it was, it was, he wasn't really on my radar, but I loved this song. Um, Have you ever gone back to listen to any of his older stuff? I've listened to singles. I've okay. not listened to full-on albums. Like the, I've uh, like it, mm, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan is the is only a... one I can think of off the top. Okay, no, yeah. that that makes sense because that was a huge song for him. I mean, right. I think if I, I remember right, that's still voice. in like his top five. Oh yeah, he just he has this delivery like you know he's intense when he's rapping, but then like you see him where he's not and you realize like he's just he's a normal guy. He's he having is. fun and he's smart he's as invested hell. In his people. Oh yeah, he's incredibly smart. Like I think that's one of the things that maybe kind of always like people don't give rappers credit for being as intelligent as they are. Right, and he is one that I point to where it's like, no, nah, dude, it's pretty smart. Like, yeah. he, he really is both like street smart and book smart. Like, you know, he he is a pretty smart guy, and you, you typically have one or the other. You don't see a lot where they're both, but I, I really think that he falls in that category of both. I agree, and also thank you for expanding on my song because you fucking talked more about it than I did. <laughs> no, I was so excited for this. Like, I've been That's sitting on my hands my all day mind. for this. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I don't know. It's just, it to me, this flew way past a lot of people. Like, if I said Purple Ribbon All-Stars, they would have been like, that sounds like a cancer society. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's a strange, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody that, that like I said, this was, this was a mixtape. This was hard for me to find. So, like, when I saw it, like, this is just me getting excited because this is the kind of stuff that I was seeking out at that time. Truly. Like, if you looked on Spotify for this song, good fucking luck. Like, yeah, I, it's I very hard it, to find. It is. I put it on our uh, playlist for the week, but I'm telling you, it took me a hot minute to find this. I think I actually had to go through Killer Mike himself uh, just to find it because that's actually his most played song, I think. Well, and that's the crazy thing. If you look at his at this song versus his next three songs that his next actually four songs on Spotify 
don't equal the number of plays that this had. And this is maybe like one of the hardest albums to explain how to find. Yep. It's so that's crazy, man. I'm glad that you actually liked it and could pontificate yeah. on it a little bit because it's like I said, this, I guess it is right up your alley. When you think about like everything that you were just talking about with, you know, jelly roll, that's not something you listen to music. That's not traditionally on people's radar, whether it be, you know, rock or hip hop, whatever it is. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And you're old, I, I, so this this was right up your Oh, alley. well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, me and my ancient bones. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I, I try and keep myself open musically. Like, I will never dismiss something right away. I will give it a shot. It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, I'm not bumping Justin Bieber, right? Um, but, you know, I, I like Kid Lowry and Justin Bieber. Like, I like that song. Cause yeah. It's, it's catchy. But, like... I'll give somebody a try. I don't, it's rare that I write off an artist for good. Um, minus six, nine, fuck that guy. Shots fired. Right. Um, he's a rat. He broke, he broke carnal rule of rap. Yep. So good old Chomo rap artist. So I'm glad we could actually get a shot in there. By the way, yeah. you're going to hear my dog, not you necessarily, Jeff, but people okay. listening to this podcast, she's on one tonight. So if you yeah. hear her in the background, she's just giving input about the songs we're listening to. She's passionate. So Oh, uh, see, mine's asleep. Mine's probably like laying on the couch, I wish mine was. and sleeping. That's maybe I can hear that on your end of it when we yeah. go back and edit he's, this. He's too far away right now. Oh. The one that the closest. He's yeah, he's overdoing his own thing. <sighs> okay. Well, so that was my singular song compared to your singular album. Now let's go into yeah. album number two for you. I'm actually curious which one this one's going to be. Okay, so uh, I am going to I am going to stick with the rap stuff since since we're like firmly embedded there in there, and I'm going with an artist that. Good, good. I'm excited. I I'm excited. Like this should just this should be a really fun our fun discussion in general. I think. Yeah. Um, But um, the artist that I'm gonna go with, I think he is kind of like how do I put it? He is a quintessential SoundCloud duet artist. Okay, and that's Puya. Um, he is a rapper from Florida. He is not one bit of your stereotypical rapper. Um, he looks a lot like me, only skinnier. And, uh, the other day I had a clip that I was sharing around where he was like, I just watched 47 hours of pornography and it was awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, dude's weird. Um, anyways, so the songs that I picked for him are, I think, some of like his better showcase. He is really good at melding himself into artists that you do not expect, okay? And by that, I mean he is part of that kind of SoundCloud wave of stuff like Lil Peep, Suicide Boys. Um, and the song that I picked was a song with him in Ghostmane. If you're not familiar with Ghostmane, I think he is maybe one of the most critically underrated artists right now kind of in the music scene he is i don't even know how to put this heavy metal marilyn manson meets gucci Mane. if, if that makes sense and, and even that i feel like doesn't touch him but that um, was and, pretty damn spot on because that actually took me by surprise i was like yeah that's actually it yeah it, it's he's a very hard artist to like paint a label on but at the same time it's amazing that somebody could potentially do a cover song with him. And they did two songs. So they did a thousand rounds and they did 2000 rounds. Um, 
and Ghostbane has just such a fiery, rapid delivery that is so, like, you almost have to listen to that song like six, seven times before you even start to hear and process what that first verse is saying, right? And then you got Puya that comes in and just, like, it's like going from, like, fourth to first, right? He just slows it down so hard, and it works. And I, I really love Puya for stuff like that, but Puya can deliver fast. I just think he has this really melodic kind of delivery to him that I can really appreciate. Um, and so, like, in the albums that I picked, I, I tried to pick two that kind of showcase his different sides of meldability. Um, Southside Suicide is a song that he did with the Suicide Boys. There's a whole album's worth of materials there, which those are two guys that at some point we're going to talk about here, guaranteed. I love the music that they put out. It's so different than everything out there, but Puya makes this album with them, and he is like one of the best banger albums ever. It's deep, it's dark, it's booming bass, it's everything that is Miami rap just slowed way the hell down, and I love it. Um, and his song with Ghostmate is like industrial music. It's weird. It's, it is not rap. Um, and, and I think that's why I appreciate an artist like him. Um, he started doing like funny rap internet videos with a guy named Fat Nick, are you familiar with Fat Nick at all? Uh, only because when I was researching Puya, I found, I guess, the collabo album with Fat Nick. Okay. Yeah, the Buffet Boys. Yep. <laughs> or dro- yep. Uh, like Drop Out of School or something like that. Yep, High School Dropout. Yeah. Uh, Fat Nick has Pikachu tattooed on his stomach with a rainbow holding an AK-47 asking who wants smoke. So that's why I didn't know there's a Pokemon connection there. I didn't know if you knew that. I didn't, but now he might be my favorite rapper. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is quite the tattoo of of all the rap game tattoos. The Pikachu who went smoke may be my favorite. So fa- shout out to Fat tattoo. Nick. Yeah, I mean, it you got to be hard. Um, but no, I I think Puya is great. Puya is an amazing solo artist. Um, if you're wanting to listen to his solo stuff, Five Five is maybe like one of my favorite albums from him. Like you got some killer songs in there called like void and stuff like that but like like i said he is a duet artist if you look at his spotify top five his number five song is the only solo song on his top five like all the rest are guest appearance songs so that should tell you how moldable this guy really kind of is I'm looking through all of his stuff right now, yeah. and it's just crazy because I'm a huge Denzel Curry fan. I didn't know he had a song with Denzel Curry. Yeah, and it was like an early song from Denzel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I also really – there is a song on there called Puya Turns 27, which was somebody making a happy birthday song to him last year, which is maybe one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> it, and if you look at the album car- – cover for it it you know you know what you're getting right away it looks like i made the album art i did not um it's Where, with uh... Mike, mikey the magician so oh god your fucking photoshop skills um yeah where is where is he from exactly in florida um know? i believe miami okay um originally i think now i think he's kind of moved out a little but yeah and like this is like the quintessential like if you look at a picture of him he doesn't look like a rapper you look at his bio on spotify it says fuck off like he gives you nothing about him like you just have to kind of put some blind trust 
when you listen to this guy and he pays it off in dividends like i mean, it, it, he makes these great albums and he makes great you know accompanying pieces with artists that really are varied and interesting he just looks like i used to work with someone that had really strong you know hip hop vibes but he was this white guy and i think he came from fort lauderdale okay yeah that checks out yeah that, yeah yeah the fort the fort there checks out a little and he puya just kind of gives me those same vibes I'm not like, like honestly if you look at like his his like promotional image on spotify it's him sitting on the toilet like on a on a fishing dock like the guy cares nothing that. about appearance all he cares about is his music and he you know he 100% delivers on his music and i think I think that's maybe a good testament to why he matters and why he makes this list is number one, he can make albums with whoever you put him in the booth with, but also he can make some really killer albums on his own. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's amazing. I think that when we inevitably have Justin Ruiz on here for classy bop, I need him to start talking about some SoundCloud rap with you because I, who we just need to give him homework for a week of things to listen to. I can't. I just want to hear everything he has to say. That's all I've been thinking I about. Think, when, I think that'd when, be amazing. Yeah, because you were like, you know, he's sitting on a dock on a toilet, and I'm like, that sounds like the complete opposite of what Justin Ruiz would be doing up in his sky rise. I mean, it's uh, just highbrow, lowbrow, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's bourbon, sometimes it's malt liquor. It all goes to the yep. same place. Out of a brown paper bag. Speaking of which, I'm drinking right now, just so we're we're all clear here. Okay. Uh... So, not heavily, just a good 420 G13 IPA, you know. Okay. Oh, that. Hey, shout out to the the alcohol fucking yeah. channel and the uh, culture bop thing that people yeah. post their alcohols on. I don't drink, so. <laughs> oh well, you know. I'll just start doing it for two. Okay. Not. All right. Let's make it a little further before <laughs> you start doing it for two. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So speaking of making it further, it's round two for me. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is a song by an artist named Corday, and it's featuring Anderson Pac. Uh, the song is called RNP. I'll let you discern what that means while you're listening to the song. Um, I don't feel like that's appropriate for me to say, but RNP first and foremost is a fun song. There's a, there's a theme with the past two songs. Um, the first thing you're hit with is Anderson Pock's extremely catchy hook. And immediately you can just start vibing. And if yeah. that wasn't catchy enough, here comes Corday's verse. And this kid truly shines on this track. He's, He's a part of this new generation of rap. Um, this song came out in 2019, I believe. Um, but his style feels so unique to himself, and he knows how to deliver his bars with a, like a really catchy cadence. On this song, it almost reminds me of Ski Mask. Um, almost, but he he's still really unique to himself. Um, but as soon as his verse, Corday's verse, is finished... Anderson Pot comes back and quite literally picks up the verse where Corday left off. And okay. that's such a key point in this song. Like, 
they bounce off of each other. And when I say that, there's a point midway through the song where they're, like, truthfully, they're going back and forth between single, uh, like, single-line verses, and it's culminating into the climax of the song before we lead out with one more hook um, from Anderson Pock. But that trade-off that they do is so much fun because it genuinely sounds like they're having a conversation in the midst of this song, and it never loses its pace. It's one bar after another, and it just sounds so natural, and I love it, and I want more songs like this. And Corday and Anderson Pock delivered what I believe is probably one of the best songs to come out of hip-hop in the last few years. Now, I'll, I'll say that, and I'll point that towards mainstream hip-hop, because there's there's a lot of stuff that will just always go under the radar that's probably going to be better than this, but... This is more of a mainstream song, and I think everyone should give it a chance, even if you're not a fan of hip-hop. Like, it's just a song that, again, you move to as soon as it comes on. Like, it has a really – fucking throw out the name of the podcast here. It has a really – it has a bop to it. Like, you just kind of want to bounce along to the song while you're listening to this lyrical just conversation almost. It's, it's wonderful, man. I think everyone should give it a shot. Did you listen yes, to it? I did. Um, now, I felt real dumb when I listened to this. So, I actually have listened to this guy before, but I didn't put two and two together because he has dropped his uh, acronym before his name. He used to be YBN Corday. Right. I didn't realize that. I Somehow, my brain, this is like where I knew, you know, pumped up kids, but didn't, yep. you know, this is, this is that same traumatic brain injury happening. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, and I actually really like this song. Um, I really liked a song, I believe it was called Rubbing Off the Paint that his buddy YBN mm-hmm. Namir made. And I just was not putting two and two together. And then it was real, real awkward. Um, the other day, I was watching a video, after you'd added this, I was watching a video for, it was either 1090 Jake or it was hip hop daily and uh because hip hop daily copies everything 1090 jake does um where they were talking about ybn cordaire and namir and everything like how that group has kind of dissolved and uh i was like wow like that's actually kind of interesting because we're just getting ready to talk about it. like it was just a weird coincidental timing so i've right. kind of gone back and started listening to more of his stuff and this one definitely is like the standout track of what he's done for me yeah. um and I thought it was really interesting. It's an interesting style of delivery. It's an interesting storytelling uh, approach, and it's definitely an interesting beat. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting from a perspective of, I both knew who this guy was and forgot it, and came back and was like, oh yeah, I can vibe with this. Um, so yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, I will be looking for some more definitely from this guy after the show and stuff. Um, but for the sake of listening to this, I, you know, I did like this. I checked out a few other songs of his, um, but this one was definitely the one that like kind of grabbed me the most. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of his more played songs. I'm glad you mentioned the beat too, because that's what makes, this is not like a normal, you know, when I, when I said he's a, he's a artist from today's um, hip hop movement, I guess it's not a traditional beat that you would hear in this. It's not a trap beat. It's not something you would hear from the Migos or 21 Savage or, you know, whomever. This is this is really unique. 
This is yeah. something that's just different, and it's so super catchy. And I think yeah, that's it probably, really is like yeah. It's it's the I'm not gonna say it's the highlight of the song because I think the highlight is the it's I about said intercourse. It's the it's the kind of interchange of the lyrics and the verses that they're doing. Um, but the beat is right up there with it. Like it it's just a good song that we don't hear enough of in today's music um, from the mainstream side of things. So a lot of fun. And I'm glad you like it. Well, and I feel like Anderson Pock is one of those artists that like at some point he's going to how do I put this? He's going to grab the mainstream's attention. And like the best part is you're going to have this entire back catalog of really amazing music to listen to. Yep. I mean, it I, you look at how many albums this guy has put out, and you're just like, I mean, it goes all the way back to like 2014, you know. So for eight years, this guy's just been pumping out songs, and, and they're, he's done work with Snoop and Busta Rhymes and Rick Ross, and honestly, like I feel like you could say his name to people, and they would have no. I mean, he was on a Trolls album, like <laughs> say what you want about those franchises, I can put Trolls on in front of my kids. And he is, like, captivated, right? And, like, the fact that this guy is doing music that goes to that audience but can speak to an audience like myself, yep, that that's wild. I mean, I, I really appreciate that in an artist, for sure. Yeah, and I, I do want to point out, like, not a lot of people know who Anderson Pac is, but mm-hmm. if you go and you look at his most played songs, as of right now, like his top five from Spotify, they're all from the... um same album i think everyone should give that album a shot it's an evening with silk sonic it's so good um there are songs on there that have close to a billion plays i say songs it's one song but it has close to a billion plays it's called leave the door open it's just it's just good and like you said his music can reach a wide array of people but then pairing him on a song with corday and they, they like i said it's just a really unique exchanging of lyrics and you didn't get much of that on an evening with with silk sonic but this side of him shows what he's capable of in that kind of um milieu i guess um yeah i think it shows like his range as an artist yes and he has a vast range as an artist Uh, he is super slept on and super great yeah yeah i I can't say anything more than that. I mean, other than just go check him out. It, it's he's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, the final stretch. Yeah. So okay, uh, this is where this is where we take the hard right. Oh yeah, okay? I'm about to take a hard right myself. <sighs> so I'm gonna pick. This is like a. This isn't necessarily a normal collaboration. Um, it's just two guys that tend to really like to work together and I think really complement each other really well. And that is Bad Wolf and Wild the Coyote. And when I say Bad Wolf, it's Bad Wolf with two Ds um, and Wild the Coyote. So these two guys are... I don't even know what I'd classify them as. If you look at Spotify, it classes that classifies them as outlaw country. And I think that's probably like the closest you get to what these guys are. Um, these are two artists that have been existing around for a while and done a lot of work together. 
They make some very interesting music. It's nothing that you would ever expect. Like, Wild the Coyote got me to care about country music, okay? Um, I'll, I'll just put that there. These two guys are on uh, the Slumerica record label, which is Yellow Wolf's record label, which kind of both seems fitting. Um, are you familiar with Yellow Wolf at all? Yeah, so you actually gave me a blast from the past when you tell me that like, yeah. whenever we started talking because I forgot about Yellow Wolf. I forgot about I think, his record label. I think he's one of those artists that it's easy to forget about. He gets lost in the shuffle, even though he's an amazing artist in his own right. Yeah. But he has found these two talented guys and somehow got them to make music together. It's 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 amazing because you have a rapper from Utah and a country artist, a country western artist from Los Angeles, and you put them together and you get these really interesting um, songs. And the the two songs that I picked, one of them, um, when we talked last week about how many times I've listened to uh, the Seven Hills from While She Sleeps. Uh, from the Grave to the Stars is up there in the same realm as I've listened to it several hundred times last year. It's one of my favorite songs. I think it's absolutely beautiful. It showcases what these two guys can do. Um, because while the Coyote, you know, he's got a voice that is big and he has a guitar presence that is also super huge. And Bad Wolf, man, he has some really interesting hip hop beats that he works with. But hearing him do this kind of country music is really something special. Um, and I, I just love watching these two guys work together. And I think these are two guys that you're going to only see more from as time goes on. Both of them were featured in Yellowstone. Shoutouts to Bren. Uh, huge fan of Yellowstone. Um, Bad Wolf is maybe like the nicest guy you will ever meet on the internet. Uh, he and I have been friends for a couple of years. We talk every now and then on what? Instagram. Yeah. He, he fucking, just... You can't just drop something like that on me. No, he, he is super nice. I We just talked through Instagram. Uh, he wished my son happy birthday. Uh, super what nice the guy. I just I, It's weird. Why? Okay, I have to detour. Uh, take a detour, sorry, yeah. for just a second. I had a friend who's a part of our Discord. The Culture Vibe Discord. He's a buddy of mine. And he, he messaged me the other day. He's like, this Jeff guy, uh, yeah. every time that he is spoken about or I see him talk or others speak of him, it's like he always has something new to add to his just list. I'm not going to say a list of yeah. life accomplishments, but you have this fucking list of shit that you've just been a part of. And now you're telling me that one of the people that we're fucking advocating for right now Dude, yeah. my, 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 my F-bombs are about to start coming out because you no, got okay. me excited. But how do you just keep adding shit to your list of things that I've done, things that I've worked on, fucking government so, tech, my crazy job? Fucking so he wool- is... Oh, my God. He is an interesting guy, and, and there's a reason I say that Like we, we kind of met in a strange way. He found me on Instagram just shopping singles out, right? He was just literally like spamming his SoundCloud links. And uh, I remember it very clearly. It was um, it was called Harley Music. And it, it caught my attention. And I think at that point I was like, well, this is, this is a cool artist. Like he's doing something different. He's in his own lane. Like he is appealing to 
bikers that are you know my age that kind of grew up on rap and rock and all that but like don't want to be in any one of those lanes and i think he really kind of fits in there and that's why i like this guy so i like this guy from the moment i heard him and i cannot say enough good things about wild the coyote because i learned about him from bad wolf from these collaborations that they did before he was shopped around harley music and um the two songs that i picked are both kind of different while kind of in the same vein right uh did you listen to both of these two so I did, and just beyond that, I listened to more from Bad Wolf individually and more from Wild the Coyote individually. I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but yeah, no, I listened yeah. to both of these songs. I love these two, dude. Like, this is yeah. something very unique to themselves. This, It's different than Jelly Roll, right? This is just, they sound so good together. Their voices coalesce, and the music that they make is just great. I love the two that you chose, yeah. um, but I, I just kept going after that. I actually delved more into these two artists than I did with any of the other choices just because I really enjoyed them both individually and together. Nice. I And I love hearing that because I feel like these are two artists that the world needs to like stop and listen to because yep. they are something... They're a style that is not prevalent. They're a style that is not popular. But yet at the same time, they are dedicated to like, I will be this. You know, like they are not going to change who they are, nope. you know, and I, I just I cannot say enough good things. Like when you look at these, these two also about 40,000 ish listens a piece. Right. Yep. Um, I think while the coyote might have like one song that's cracked like a million plays, but like just barely. And Bad Wolf has one that's like I think he has one or two that's like at a million. But I think one of them is the two of them together. Right. Reaper. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. I was pretty sure it was that or Old Man. I just couldn't remember which. Um, but I think these are two artists that when you bring them together, they make something super unique. And if I remember right, these two guys headlined Harley Davidson Fest. Right? That's crazy. Which, like, if you think about it, like, their, their label boss, Yellow Wolf, played the same show and opened for his two artists. Like think about that for a minute like that that is wild to think about right that that's that's kanye opening for Pusha T. yep right like does it make sense no no not in the slightest uh and thankfully yellow wolf is cool enough with that and i'm really excited as yellow wolf is starting to work on a new album i hope that he showcases these two extraordinarily talented men on his artist uh you know, on his album, not his artist. I just, I cannot say enough good things. Um, the two songs that I picked are From the Grave to Our Stars, which is this beautiful, beautiful ballad. I mean, it, it really is. I don't know of a better way to call this song other than it's a ballad. Um, and then um, Bible by the Rifle was the other one. And I think that's where you kind of get a little more into that kind of twangy countryness that these two have. Um, and it really showcases, I think, a little bit more of Wild the Coyote, but also you're seeing Bad Wolf kind of do his own thing and kind of bring you in and let you kind of see, like, what you're going to get from his album. So I, I think that's why it works as a collaboration. Yeah, I um, love them both so much, dude. And it's like, when I think of when I think of great duos, like, I think of Run the Jewels, or, I th you know, I think of Seth Crew from the Strange Music label, like, 
Wild the Coyote and Bad Wolf, they just go together. Every single song that I have listened to them on, they just crush it. And you yeah. can tell that they're just good together. They're friends. They make great music. And individually, they produce great stuff, too. I love mm-hmm. Bad Wolf's voice. He has such... It's it's not even that it's soothing. It's just like... <clears throat> maybe it is a little calming, but his his... The bars that he delivers, they're just so concise, and they have a point behind them, and the music is good. But then you turn at the other side of the spectrum, and you look at Wild the Coyote. I shouted his song, Dog Days, out mm-hmm. on our last Hunting Pixels as my pick of the week, because it's so... this is, it's a, It turned into a gym song for me. Like, yeah. this kind of... I don't even know what to call it, if it's like outlaw country or what, like in a modern sense... But I, I essentially told the boys it was like when I imagine like a band of outlaws, you know, yeah. pulling up onto a town on 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 horseback. I imagine Dog Days is playing, and it's such yeah. a cool fucking song, dude. Um, and he I just can't think put of... out a song the other day called Intro or Into the Ground, which holy crap! Like I, if I've listened to it a hundred times, I would be yeah. shocked that 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 it's probably lower than what it actually is. So, I mean, I, so I'm glad you liked him because I he's one that I I just point the spotlight at and say yeah Look they're at this both guy. great man I mean this is one of those things where this is again I said it in the last episode I'm gonna say it again in this episode this is something that excites me because without you I would have never discovered either of these two uh, artists probably like I yeah. I doubt there was a chance and because I have now they're a part of if I'm not listening to them every day it's every other day. Um, every single time I'm in the gym, I'm listening to dog days. It's like, Oh, they just make such good music and the world needs more of this. It's unique and it Mm -hmm. stands out amongst the crowd. Like this is something that you need to shine a spotlight on and say, listen, because we just don't have stuff like this anymore. Well, and it's interesting. Like if you look at both of them, like on Spotify and you look at like their similar artists, none of those artists are at all similar to what either of them are doing because they're like, oh, Cub the Cookup Boss, right? He's like a trap rapper, and you got Riff Raff. He's somehow listed for both of them. I mean, the, it's hard to peg artists as similar, but also there there's a few out there, and they're just they're few and far between, and I feel like these two are maybe some of like the best examples like i know there's a lot of crossover between like them and like oliver peck and i i don't personally see that um but like i feel like these two just stand out so strong as artists on their own that that just makes them so worthwhile to listen to um and then when they come together to make something it's just it's amazing and i i only see more coming from these two God, I hope, man, because now I'm hooked. And it's crazy yeah. that I didn't know you had the relationship you did with Bad Wolf. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, We're just, just weird internet friends. He's super nice, like I said. Good. Couldn't, couldn't, Fucking... be, couldn't be a nicer guy, you know. He I makes like... amazing daily stories, too, on Instagram. So he, he's worth following on Instagram just to watch his daily content. Right. I feel like this is a good opportunity I mean, this is this is a fresh podcast. We don't have thousands of listeners, but we do yeah. have a pretty strong listener base. We have people that like hip hop. We have people that like rock and country and stuff like that. This is a good opportunity for us to kind of spread music like that to people that wouldn't normally get to hear it. And it's like, by the off chance that you are some 
brand new artist and you want your music to get out there and you want your music to be spoken about, fucking let us know because we are very much in the game of listening to new artists. And it's like, even if this podcast gets 20 to 100 listens per episode, that's 20 to 100 listens that might not have been able to happen, you know, like for these, for these new up and coming artists. Like I would, I would love to help kind of perpetuate people into a better light. God, man, that's kind of like a dream for me, especially with music. But these two in particular, the, top tier. I think out of all the things that we're listing, between the six mm-hmm. uh, choices and plus the bonus, um, these two are the ones to definitely listen to. Yeah. And I will listen to anything that gets put in front of me, you know. And if it's good and I like it, I have no bones whatsoever about sharing it. Like, when I yep. first heard Harley music, I was like... I found myself all day, you know, watch my Harley slide and just bumping the double fist up and down, you know. Right. And uh, I, I, I literally like messaged him back. I'm like, yo, Harley music's fucking awesome. Like, I want more. And like, you know, he started sending more music and I shared it. And, you know, I, I felt like that's kind of where we kind of became these, you know, weird close internet friends. And I, I like the guy. I think what he does is absolutely amazing. Um, with Bad Wolf, and I'm so happy that he has an artist friend like Wild the Cody that just kind of perpetuates that. And it wasn't just, hey, here's this guy doing something super unique, and there's nothing that sounds like him. God, man, I'm, I like, I'm listening to some stuff in the background right now, and it's just I can't mm-hmm. express enough just how good they are. I mean, it, I could listen to this all day. I have been listening to them all day. Yeah. Um, it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Yeah. Okay. Was that choice three for you? That was it, right? That was. All right. So you got an extra in there. I have an extra that I didn't write down, but it's fine. We don't. We don't <gasps> need to write. What? It down. Secret extra? Yeah. No. Let's. I'm so excited for secret extras. Well, first we got to make it through choice three, and plus. Okay. <laughs> secret. Secret extra. <laughs> it's not even that exciting, so don't get. <laughs> what? No, I can don't be excited for secret extras. You can, but it's like, it's like. You see oh, an extra present like... under the Christmas tree, and then as you open it, and it's like some toothpaste or some shit. So don't. <laughs> you can say that's the first sponsor. Thing. This show is sponsored by Secret Extras. That that sounded more oh, seductive and... than it should have. And and while we're on the topic of live reactions, Josh's immediate response to me on vandalism: not at all okay with it. Oh, so yeah. anyway. So... Moving on, Didn't Josh. See that my due diligence. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just throws the phone across the room. What? Yep. Phone no was broke. Whatsoever. Um, am I going to edit this out? Probably not. But we can play ignorant. Yeah. Uh, choice three, for me, is is my hard right. Well, you took a right turn, so I'll do a hard left. We'll go a hard okay. left on this one. Okay. So this is a song. <laughs> By Five Finger Death Punch, featuring Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Brantley Gilbert, and Brian May from Queen. This is Blue on Black. So, Blue on Black by Kenny Wayne Shepherd is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I grew up listening to Kenny Wayne, but Blue on Black was his staple. That's pretty much what he is known for. Um. Most people have heard it, and if you haven't, I recommend it. But after listening to that, I implore you to listen to this cover. 
I never thought I would want to hear Five Finger Death Punch covering a blues rock song. But sweet baby Jesus, if it's not one of the best things I've, I've heard come from them. Um, Brantley Gilbert, he's a, you know, a country musician. He's also from Georgia. Um, you know, that's kind of been a theme with this. Um, but he joins the Fingerers here. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar, he is, uh, I'd say he's country, but he gravitates kind of towards Southern rock as well. Um, I'm not going to say like Leonard Skinner levels because he is more country, but he has that vibe of Southern rock. Um, and he's been performing this song live at his shows for years. So this was like a natural transition for him and his vocals pair so well with Ivan Moody's from five finger death punch. Um, outside of these two and Kenny Wayne himself, uh, Brian may joins this group And when I say he steals the show, I'm not kidding. Yeah. The last minute and a half of this song will send it. It it does send chills down my entire body. Brian picks up the guitar and reminds the world just who he is. It's like he 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 is the guy from Queen. Right. But he's Brian fucking May. He's one of the best guitarists in the world to me. Queen's one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, and again, I'm going to say it again. It is chill inducing the last minute and a half. Um, and the final breakdown of the song after the amazing solo, you continue to hear Brian playing in the background and he is just shredding on this song. And it just culminates into an amazing cover of a phenomenal classic song and it solidifies itself as one of my favorite collaborations, which is why I was super excited to get it out there because I know a lot of people hear Five Finger Death Punch and you can feel how you want to feel about them. It's like I get mm-hmm. that they're not for everyone. And it's I'll, I'll be the first to, you know, I'll say now that I don't listen to their music often. I haven't listened to a full album of theirs since... Fuck, it was, it was the whole double album that they did. I don't even remember what it was called. Um, oh, I just like saw Orange this earlier. And- yeah, it was like orange like one and blue. One of orange, one's blue. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's the exact one. Um, but truly, this song, it just shines. It's so good. I, I wish more people could hear it. And it's like it combines metal. It combines that southern rock sound. It has Brian May shredding on a guitar. It's so good. Um, check it out. What did you think of it? So... I thought it was kind of an interesting cover. I had never really heard about it beforehand. I'll admit, Five Finger Death Punch is one of those bands that um, I feel like I've unjustifiably written off over the years. I consider them to be in the like category of what I call butt rock. Um, like, And for those that aren't familiar, it's one of my favorite terms in music. And butt rock is basically like a radio station that advertises playing as rock and nothing but rock. Um you know, we have like at least four radio stations here locally that probably play Five Finger Death Punch a million times a day, right? And the double album I at least am familiar with, but I'm only familiar with the song Battleborn, yeah. uh, which is, I think it's on the blue album. I think it's on the same one as this. Um, now, that being said, I am not taking anything away from them. It would not be like it's something I'm at least familiar with their music. I would be able to pick them out, but I thought this was like a genuinely interesting song 
from the sense of like it's a cover with the original artist with a really bizarre guest artist with in, in Brian, Brian Gilbert. May. Oh, or, Brian yeah. May, yeah. I I if you ask me, I wouldn't necessarily picture him doing songs with Five Finger Death Punch. Um Yeah, it was, it was an interesting song. Um I think at the end of the day, it, it is it going to be the song that gets me to listen to more Five Finger Death Punch? Mm. Probably not. But that being said, I also really actually kind of enjoyed the song. And I, I can see why it would make a list like this for you. Because it's an interesting... I, I've listened to it. I've listened to the original. And just kind of kind of compared the two kind of back and forth. And I, I think I kind of gravitate more towards this version of it. Um, I'll admit I have no historical reference for Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Um, that's just kind of outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But I, I definitely thought the song was interesting. It's it's good, man. And it's like Five Finger Death Punch. So I'm going back and I'm looking through their discography right now. First album back yeah. in 07 was The Way of the Fist. That's the first album I remember listening to. Um, I loved it. Uh, War is the Answer was the next one. Listen yeah. to that. I skipped the next one. And then the one that we're talking about is The Wrong Side of Heaven and the Righteous Side of Hell. Um, side one, you know, Volume 1 and Volume 2. That was really the last album I listened to. Um, mm-hmm. So... I don't think you I don't think you listen to this song and then you want to go listen to more Five Finger Death Punch because it is vastly different. The yeah. two the two styles, I think you're gonna listen to this if this is your first time in general experimenting with them, and then you go listen to the rest of their stuff and it's like, what the fuck happened? Um it's close. Yeah. It's close, but this song is heavily heavily influenced by like that southern rock vibe and then you have again brian may shredding his life away at the end of the song and fucking hell it's so good um recommend the music video i mean it's nothing in particular this so i will throw out real quick all proceeds of this song um go to the gary sinise foundation i believe i said that right yeah Um, you did yeah and um this is essentially, if you don't know who he is, I'll give you a hint. He's got, never mind. That was going to be stupid. I was going to say he's got no legs, but then everyone's going to be like fucking looking up pictures and he has legs and they're not going to get it. Do you Do you at least get that reference? Oh, yeah. No, I get it. Okay. I get Lieutenant okay. Dan all Thanks. day. Every yeah, day. Lieutenant Dan. All right. I so. would have gone CSI New York, but that's just me. Yep. I yep. don't watch TV, so. <laughs> I, I don't either. I didn't even I would, know he I was on the shit. That. Um, well, this shout outs to like a decade old reference too. Oh, or mine. Yeah. That's like a, you know, four decades. I, I don't even a lot more know. relevant though than CSI right. New York. I ain't got no legs. Um, <laughs> but essentially, this is all proceeds go towards this foundation. This supports uh, first responders, veterans, stuff like that. And I think that's yeah. super cool. I think that's great that they covered it this song in particular and they put all the proceeds toward this at i'm a huge supporter of that in general um so yeah and i think it comes from like a good album like it, it that album as a whole has a sound to it again it is not my type of sound um you know i i i both love and hate the term butt rock you know yeah this is new to me <laughs> i'm so okay there is a guy called the Punk Rock NBA. I highly suggest watching his channel sometime. It's like a super highbrow look at music, and he brought me into the term butt rock. 
and it has stayed in my life ever since. So, the butt rocket sounds like something painful. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, you know, it pervades with artists like Nickelback, so it is painful. Oh, man, okay. Do we need to have an episode on whether Nickelback is really trash or not? Uh, no, we'd just bring my friend Tyler on, and he would talk about Nickelback for how much he loves. He's, I hope he's listening to this, he is one of the few people I know that is an actual diehard Nickelback fan. Like, he defends them. When I clown on them and I dunk on them, he is right there saying, no, his hair doesn't look like ramen. I love them. Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm looking up the term now. This is fucking hilarious. This is essentially dad rock. Yeah, it's modern-day dad rock is butt rock. I hate, by the way, that I'm now part of that fucking generation of dad yeah. rock because it's get, like i'm i'm now old like that just get did yourself some when new I, balances i shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm not there yet man i will be in denial for the next 10 years until i hit 40 i'm not i'm not i'm not old um, uh, you're only as old as you feel uh, oof, don't say that because my body oh, okay. is deteriorating quickly <laughs> fair enough yeah um Anyway, anyway, this is a yeah. fucking great song. Listen to it. That being said, we got dose bonus picks for you. One from Jeffrey and one from myself. Jeffrey, yeah. take us away. So my bonus pick, and this one this one was hard because this actually, I feel, holds a place on this list, even though I think it's easy to clown and dunk on this style and the, this artist. Um, but it is a band called Bone Crew, right? And for those that aren't familiar with it, um, Bone Crew is Chris Fronzniak of Attila, and a rapper called That Boy Jay, who has absolutely no music on Spotify. And uh, they made this rap metal album that I feel is like kind of weirdly ushering in a new generation of rap metal. Um, you know, just when you thought it was dead, it rears its ugly head. Um, Say what you want about rap metal. I, I love it. I think I think this is a good example of that. And it's super hard trap beats with Chris Fronzniak doing what he does over it. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Attila, it's like super screaming kind of metal, like growling. Not necessarily like super deep lyrics. Uh, I believe there's a song that he sings where he talks about getting head while playing PlayStation 3. Oh, sweet. Uh, so fucking... like, you know... Super deep lyrics uh, in Attila, right? (laughs) Um, But that being said, Bone Crew is a really interesting take on rap metal, right? And uh, I I can't help but feel like it has to have a spot somewhere on this list. Oh, did I? Oh, there you are typing. I, I believe it has to have a spot on this list because it'd be so easy in 2021 to write off doing a rap metal album, right? And instead, they not only did one, they did two, and are planning on doing more, and it works, and it's good because it's two two styles that don't belong together, and yet they are making it work. And I, I don't know if you tried this. This is, like I said, this one this one's a little bit of an out-there pick. So I didn't try it. Okay. <laughs> but because of the PS3 shit, it's yeah. on my list. It, it Attila is one of those bands that you either love or you hate, right? 
they're the the party boys of deathcore you know they don't get they, how to put it as a band they eat a lot of shit from the deathcore community right because oh they're mainstream sellouts they're not they're not making bank off their albums um, at the same time they don't fit in I mean they do Vans Warp Tour every year that that was a thing and they didn't really quite always fit in there either like they they kind of had their own lane whereas I feel like if maybe like Family Values was still a tour and this is gonna date myself I feel like they would have been a perfect fit for that you know opening act for Limp Biscuit. Attila, right? And I feel like Bone Crew was Franz trying something new versus making another Attila album. Because um, if you listen to Attila albums, they all kind of sound the same at some point. And I feel like Bone Crew was like him trying something new and seeing like, oh yeah, I, I kind of like this. And uh, he is so fast in his delivery of sound. It, it's kind of like Ghostmane. Right, like it, it is so fast and so gritty and so raw that you kind of have to take a few minutes and kind of dial it back and start processing what you're hearing. And once you do, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And it's super cool beats over heavy metal, over screaming, over really smooth flows. Like I, I wish Dat Boy J had more music out there for me to consume. I don't know if he records it solo under another name. Um, I don't know a whole lot about that guy. I want to know more, um, but in all reality, it's been really difficult to find anything from him. Uh, I know he's from Detroit. Shoutouts to the D. I don't think we have any listeners there, but hopefully we do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it was hard for me to not include this because I think this is kind of going back to that idea of like a collaboration and you're getting something that you don't expect from two people that you don't expect to work together. So I'm listening to some of the shit now. Yeah. And this absolutely slaps. Yeah, it's good. It, it's slept on. It And like I said, I don't know if it's slept on because Franz is Franz or rap metal just doesn't need to come back. I hope that's not the case. Uh, I, I feel like they make they make a good argument for why rap metal is cool. Like what rap metal could be in a modern day and era. Right. Yeah. I hate that music is labeled as, you know, cool and uncool. It's like, fucking listen to what you want. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I'm listening to this right now. This mm-hmm. is really fucking awesome, man. I, I of course went to their most played song, which is back it up, but yep. Oh my god. Like it is very much rap metal and yes it does. It is a little reminiscent of uh Limp Biscuit and like I can there's like little snippets of like, like maybe Linkin Park shining through, like snippets yeah. of it. But this is under my radar too. And yeah. this sounds and like it's something hard. Go on. I just I, I I go back to what you said. I think we were talking about it in it was Discord probably, but a lot of the songs that we're choosing are mm-hmm. stuff that we would listen to in the gym. Yeah. This is like I can lift the world up kind of music. Yeah. Like this is crazy. I love this. This is their live song, reaction. Feel privileged. Their song WDGAF is maybe like one of those songs that like if you're lifting weights, like you just feel invincible the second you pick up a stack. 
and you're just ready to go. And I mean, because it just Yo. starts off with this like chant, and like it just gets you pumped, and then it just drops, and it's so good. And like I said, Franzniak is hard to describe to somebody that doesn't understand Attila, right? They, it, it, you are not signing up for the normal musical experience with his voice by any stretch of the means. But like once you hear it in the context of this, I would challenge you after this to go listen to some Attila songs and tell me which you like better. Because my guess is it's probably going to be more towards this. Like I said, I like Attila. It, it's very much in its own lane, though. Yeah, this is crazy because I'm listening to w, uh, WDGAF right now, and you were right, like how it starts and then when the breakdown actually happens. Mm-hmm. We need we need this to make a like a resurgence. We we need more. Yeah, it and their second album, um, Manifest, is super good. Um, it, like I said, this is kind of one of those albums that like are it's like a side project, right? It's a side project though that like I don't know how this hasn't caught on like if you look at this album this album or this we'll say they have thirty-one thousand monthly listeners right and you go to attila and attila as a whole has just a hair under six hundred thousand listeners and i don't get how more of them aren't coming back and checking this out and saying you know what this is actually kind of cool it is actually kind of cool I would yeah. see this is like I hope that when people listen to this podcast they actually do take the time to see I wish we could include snippets of songs in the podcast without being, you know, copyright stricken. Yeah. Uh, stricken by disturbed great song. But I wish we could include stuff like that because I I want people to be able to listen to this and I know it's inconvenient to go out of your way and try to you know, find stuff from these albums, which is why we're doing the playlist every week. So you can just kind of go and you have it streamlined right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But God, I hope you guys take the time. If you're listening to this, just to dabble in some of these songs, especially this, like what the fuck? I didn't think I wanted this in my life. And now it's like, I'm adding songs as we speak to my gym playlist. I, I think it makes a very strong case for like, Hey, are we on a possible resurgence of rap metal? Right. Like, it's easy to write off rap metal as, like, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, you know. I say Linkin Park. I really don't include them in that, but, I mean, most people do. But, like, realistically, like, there was no second wave of that, right? Like, you had the first wave, and it kind of culminated with, like, Roland and Hot Dog Water and the Chocolate Starfish. Like, that album, I feel, is, like, the antithesis of, like, rap metal right like and there's a few trail off episodes you know albums like some pod albums incubus like stuff like that you know i was trying to think of another one pod is a good one yeah i I class corn for sure uh yeah and like you kind of saw this but like really by like what 2003 2004 it was starting to really fade off hard right like the people that were listening to it they weren't coming back like you were starting to see a bigger rise in kind of MySpace and emo and uh, a lot of that early days of like the first wave of deathcore and rap metal kind of fell off and like it's weird to be nostalgic for rap metal but this album this this group 
kind of makes me a little bit nostalgic for rap metal and hopes that you know maybe we'll see some more things along this line yeah um man we've been on all over the spectrum today because from your bonus pick to mine yeah it just it adds i don't know this is this is kind of cool because it gives people different genres to explore so my bonus pick um this was kind of a last minute thing because i saw you know you had one so yeah. i went and i was like let me just think and it's so this it's a, it's a full entire album and it's from the monster cat music label if you don't know who they are they're a canadian music label who primarily um it's centric around electronic music and you you'll probably mm-hmm. know a lot of their stuff uh like they've supported a lot of artists along the way like cruella and marshmallow um slushy uh, just tons of great artists in that um, genre. So the, the, for the longest time, now they have two different compilation albums that they have branched off into. But back in the day, when I say back in the day, I mean literally 2016 and before and a little bit after that, um, they would release compilation albums and it would be like Monster Cat album, you know, 26, 27, blah, blah, blah. I'm specifically advocating for monster cat 27 okay uh the compilation album so this is if you if you wanted to look it up on spotify you could just type in monster cat 027 and the the cataclysm album which this is would pop up this is my favorite compilation album from them um i got into monster cats around the 19th compilation album i don't remember what year that was but this is music that if you tune into my Twitch stream, this is the music I have playing in the background. Most of the time I have some like lo-fi stuff going, but I pay to have this music on my stream because I love it so much. I want to support them more. Um, it's, it's just great. And this album in particular, there's going to be some songs on here that are individual artists like Slushy and Marshmallow, and that's fine. But there mm-hmm. are great collaboration songs on here like superstar which is pegboard nerds which i love nightmare and cruella then you have uh one of my favorite uh songs called city lights and it's conroe and royal together just absolutely incredible song there's a lot of fun stuff on here like checkpoint by nitro fun and hyper potions it's just good music if you like that electronic stuff um i've had people join my stream and it's like Every every time that I start my stream, I have like the starting screen and it counts down. And I have songs playing and it's all of these songs in particular. And okay. every time, almost every time, someone's like, this music slaps. It's so good. I recommend it. I recommend just yeah. starting with this album in particular and go forward, go backwards. They stopped doing the, the numerical releases after 30, I believe. And then they branched off into two different styles of collaboration albums like compilation albums um one is monster cat uncaged which is like their stronger like harder hitting electronic beats and then there's monster cat instincts which is more of the melodic softer stuff with some still uppity beat songs in there too so they branched off into those in particular but this one back in a numerical releases 27 is fantastic has a lot of great collabs on there and i just think you should give it a shot because shit's good it, I, okay, so I'm checking it out now. I actually, I am kind of familiar with a few of these artists, like especially like Cruella. Cruella is yep. actually one of my favorite like duets out there. Um, I think they're amazing in what they do. They have a very unique sound. They very do. familiar with Slushy and Marshmallow. Um, yeah, so yeah, of... I... go ahead. 
no, no. I, I was just saying, like, it, it's kind of interesting looking at how they, like, delineate the sounds for these. Like, yep. this is, like, where you're, like, okay, when you look at, like, uh, what do they call it? The memory map of, like, music. Have you ever seen that before? I don't think so. I'm going to link it in Discord. Um, there is a... There's like a map of all music, and it, it it's kind of like, okay, this is what this is, and you know, it, it's like a inter, it's called every noise at once. There we go. And what it is is like it lets you like explore, like if you like a sound, it helps you kind of figure out what else is kind of in that wheelhouse, because this is where Spotify sometimes and a lot of music discovery tools, like really struggle with getting you to where you want and like if you look at every noise at once like it just looks like a weird like, like a somebody just threw a bunch of words on the yeah. screen right um so like i'm gonna go with uh let's see what's dark side trance that's kind of rad yeah and, and i think that's where this kind of works well something like the monster cat albums is like you can discover a lot more noise or not a lot more noise a lot more music <laughs> But a tool like this helps you kind of like if you're really like, yo, I like bro step, right? Right. Okay, so you put in bro step on every noise at once, Oop. and there we got our first DCMA strike. Uh, it'll start pulling up like examples <laughs> of what that looks like, and so like it pulls up like Epitech's Wall of Death. Um, not familiar with what that is, but like right. kind of helps you kind of elaborate on that sound. You can be like, ah, maybe that isn't what I want i'm not gonna lie jeff this is a really cool tool i've never seen this but just by looking at the i've never ever seen this i want to put this in the show notes if we can for other people to check out because i'm looking at stuff and there's there's fucking genres on here i didn't know existed like i get psychedelic trance that's fine but what did i just say a second ago like what cosmic uplifting trance that's really cool You'll, you'll see stuff in here where you're just like, what in the world? Like, yeah. I just I saw know. like Macedonian uh, electronic. Like, what the shit is that? I want to know. Yeah. yeah. This and, is, and this like, is really find, awesome. You could find some really good regional music, too. Like, through here, like, um, like Atlanta Bass is, like, actually kind of one of my favorite, like, examples on here. Um, because you'll find stuff that is, it's kind of like if Lil John never stopped DJing right um yeah like what does he become right or like this is I'm just looking crazy. at my screen like, right why now is it deep filth step like i don't why know why is deep it filth laid step out is, like this yeah. um so the reason it's laid out like this is it is a giant memory map okay um, you can put this into like um there's like a chart format. Like if you actually put this into like Google and you see it on images, like you could see where they actually start drawing all the lines together. This is a big data project that somebody put together once. And uh, this it's, is just it's crazy really interesting. Because actually, if you look at it, it kind of helps figure out like how everything ties together. Um, and you can even kind of search by artist in here as well. Yeah, I just saved this because this is going to let me find some really crazy stuff. So, like, if I put in an artist we talked about earlier, actually, I'll, I'll put in Bone Crew because I'm curious, like, actually what it tells me for them. Um, like, French rockabilly? So, what? Bone Crew pulls up as new metalcore, 
Um, but okay. like, if we put in somebody like Puya, I know he actually has like several categories that they put him under, um, which is kind of nice because you can then kind of explore. So like, he pulls up his like underground hip hop, Miami hip hop, dark trap, emo rap, aesthetic rap, right? <laughs> I have no idea what aesthetic rap oh is, but if you want to kind of look through it, you can. Dude, um, I, I pulled up Pegboard Nerds because that's one of my favorite artists from the Monster Cat label. The first, yeah. it, it pops up Speedrun, Danish Electronic, Bro Step, Glitch. Like, what the fuck? What the hell is Speedrun? Yeah. Like, that uh, just... probably music that dudes do speedruns too. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Oh, dude, or it kind of it speedrun to me when I think of it. It kind of reminds me of like the old like re- the retro wave stuff, like the like the oh my god, like the outrun music. You know what I'm talking about? You remember yeah. that? Yeah, that's what I think. Of. This is crazy. So I this love is this. actually so this tool is actually really cool because they do update it frequently. It was actually updated on the seventh of May. Um, that was so literally three days yeah. ago. So it says every noise at once is an ongoing attempt to algorithmically generated and readability adjusted scatter plot of musical genre space based on data tracking analyzed for 5,889 genre distinctions according to Spotify as of May 7, 2022. Um, and, and you'll see this kind of change and they put in like change logs of like oh we've added this or, you know, this genre is now classified as this. But, yeah, I mean, this is actually a really helpful tool, I find, a lot of times in kind of discovering artists. So, like I said, I, I don't often depend on Spotify's, if you like this, you'll like this. Because, as you saw with Bad Wolf and Wild the Coyote, there is not a one-to-one, right? Right. Um, but I can put them in here, and I can pull up artists that definitely fit into those veins. Like... If I'm looking at Wild the Coyote, they call it Roots Americana, Modern Southern Rock, New Americana, Outlaw Country, Roots Rock, and Texas Country, right? And you can kind of drill down a little bit more. And I think that's kind of one of the cool things about the um, the Monster Cat music is, like, you look at how a lot of that stuff gets classified, and you're just like, I don't even know what that means, you know? But, like, I think this tool actually kind of helps you pull things together. And you can kind of say, like, oh, okay, like, this is what I like. Um, I kind of want to do an episode now where we pick some of the most outlandish fucking, I guess, genres that this thing can throw at us and just find some cool stuff. Like, I'm still Bangladeshi indie. What the hell is happening? Yeah. Like, it's so cool, man. I love that. You look at some of them, and you're just, like, you don't even know where to start. Like, like if you look at the very top, it's, like, knits it's hot knot i don't i have no idea what that is you know i don't even see I, that uh it's at like the top very top of the oh it's hot. <laughs> i see it now i have That's no idea crazy. what that is but i fully you know, if I wanted encourage to go look people at it, to check this out yeah, yeah like please check this out this is something that is going to help me discover music that's awesome man but i see what you're saying how it kind of correlates with monster cat or at least the compilation albums because that's what they do. They, they, I'm not going to say that Monster Cat made Marshmallow or they made Slushy or anything like that, but mm-hmm. they, they supported their music. They strongly advocated for it. Like They put you know, um, some of Marshmallow's best-selling songs on the albums and stuff like that. And it, just, it, it helped it move forward, and it helped people discover that kind of music. And that's what I think is so cool about um, 
the compilation albums is you as a listener can find a singular song at the bare minimum that you like from these albums this album in particular nails that these i i mean from start to finish there are not counting the the album mixes there's two giant like hour-long album mixes at the end of every compilation album um there's 30 songs on here out of those 30 songs i guarantee almost anyone can find a song that they like which you start with one and you build your way from there and that's kind of like the the tool that you said every noise at once i mean that's it kind of coalesces well together so that's fucking awesome that i have a new tool to listen to yeah. Or, you know, find explore on, I guess you can say. Yeah, this is this is my big reveal. If we ever got to like an episode that talks about like how we discover music, this is this is actually a tool that I use quite frequently. Um, and so, That's yeah, cool. I mean, I, I'm glad that I could share and I'm glad that it, it hopefully it kind of helps people like pick apart and kind of understand yeah. some of these artists, because like I said, you can't necessarily the reason Spotify suggests those artists is there's somebody going in and listening to them that listens to, you know, the artists that you're listening to. And Riff Raff might appear in there because I'm listening to Tiptoeing in my Jordans 3 after I listen to Harley music. Doesn't mean they're the same artist. No. You know. I forget so. about Riff Raff, honestly. It's hard. The, the million dollar mullet, Dale D'Antoni. Oh, yep. It's like uh, Joe Exotic, but in the rap world. Have you ever heard his song about huskies, like the the no. dogs? Because he he's really into I heard huskies. The disappointment. No, I've huh? never heard it. I said, "Did you hear the disappointment in my voice?" Like, no, yeah. I've never heard this. After this, <laughs> you should go listen to it. It's it's oh. like it's the sweetest song that he will ever write. It's it's like a love letter to his dogs. Okay, I can at uh, yeah. least respect that. It's like I don't want to <laughs> give him a play, but if someone's talking about their dogs, that's fine. I can listen. It's like to a that. country western song. It's weird. It's weird and it's beautiful. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Because you can only rhyme husky with so many words, and he uses all four of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I, all right. This is not yeah. good because I'm starting to rhyme words in my head, and the first one I came up with was Busty. I'm sure he probably uses that one yeah, at least. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Busty the Husky. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Shout out to Dale D'Antoni. I hope he's listening to this. Wouldn't that be weird if he was like our celebrity listen? Or, you know, just anyone maybe bad wolf maybe yeah. he's listening maybe i'm hoping maybe. i'm yeah i i'd be really stoked if it was if it was riff raff i i, I have so many questions mm. for you mr raff that can be your special i'll stay i'm not talking shit i'm look i'm not talking shit oh god i gotta go before i start saying yeah. stuff that gets us fucking taken out of uh contention for any future celebrity guests that may or may not happen justin you don't count no, he 100% counts. Oh, Skyrise excellence. That limousine ride. His ego. Styling profiling. Oh. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Shout out to Ric Flair, baby. Yeah, not only that, but Josh just went full on erect with that. He was like, hell yeah, I got my WWE fix for the day. Yep. Oh, my God. Is he still alive? Who, Ric Flair? Yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair. All right. Yeah. That's, that's. All I right. mean, he looks We're, like Skeletor these days, but yeah. Right. He, he's still alive. Well. He's still doing it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. Yeah, yeah we went. That was another today. one in the books. We went a lot of places, and it's uh, again at an hour and forty-five. We're we're doing this pretty consistently. Yep. If anything, we're consistent. We probably. Uh, it, do you have anything yeah, else? Two episode average. Uh, 
No, no, I think I got all my like good collaborations in there. I feel like we yeah. covered a lot of ground, and uh, we yes. came up with a very interesting topic, and we kind of approached it in two very different ways, which I... And I'm glad we did. Yeah, I, I think that made for a really fun conversation about this. Yeah. Um, well, if there's nothing else, then we get to the closing portion of the show. So, if you're looking to find us elsewhere, you absolutely can. You can find us um, as a big part of the CultureBot family. It's extensive. We got shows about hunting pixels. If you don't know what that means, check it out. It's video game related. We got shows about selecting culture bops. If you don't know what that means, check it out. It's about deep dives into all media. And most importantly, we have a Discord that you can find every single one of us in. And I implore you guys to please come and converse in the, in the channel specifically for the bop. Tell us what you think. No. I can't just I can't let that go. Hold on. Yeah, the we bop. could do better. There, I gotta get a couple extra. And, yep. Um, Since yeah, we, we never clapped. A, no, we didn't clap. Yeah. We we are STD free. Yep. Um, but yes, we have a channel specifically for the bot. Come and talk to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we can improve on. But ultimately, just come and have a good time. Uh, the Culture Bot Discord, like I said, we all gather there from all facets of the Culture Bot family of content. And we look forward to seeing you there. Outside of that, we know you want the socials. So you can find Jeff on Instagram at JCRTO. That is J S Z Y A R T O. You can find him there on Instagram and on YouTube at Jeffrey Ciarto, spelled the same way, just pronounced as Scissorto. Yep. You can find me on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitter at OMDizzyTV. If anyone can get me my original OMDizzy title, I will pay you probably. I um, have can been also DMing that kid. Are you actually serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Because he for some reason. He doesn't reply. No. Fucking. But I tried to message Elon Musk. I'm not even shitting you, and I can't message him. So, um, just so I could ha be like, hey, this kid never tweets anything. Can I have my handle? But anyway, doesn't matter because you can also find me on Inst nope, on YouTube at OMDizzy and on Twitch at OMDizzy. That is where you can probably find me the most. I stream semi-regularly when I'm not working myself to death. Um, and like I said, we got all those other podcasts that you can come and listen to and take part in. We love it. But right now, this is what's hot. This is why you're here, and we hope you enjoyed episode two. Jeff, you want to take us yeah. home? You want to you give us a, a sultry goodbye? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, and uh, keep that radio dialed for more of the bop, and we'll see you all in the next go-around. Mm -hmm.